Thanks for joining us today for the Ramp Church podcast. We pray that you'll be uplifted, empowered and revived by this week's message. If you'd like to know more about Ramp Church Manchester or would like to partner with us in giving, visit us over on our website, ramp.church/mcr or find us on social media. Now let's get into this week's message. five kids and most of them are musical so I like music naturally when I was school in those elementary school I had two scholarships for singing and I wonder when I God gave me my kids Joe 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 in fact Joe is here in the academy playing music he's one of the leaders I mean one of the key players in you know he's been doing academy so I feel like maybe we'll just worship and get there. Greet somebody and say you're welcome in the presence of God. Come on, come on, come on. You can do better than welcome in the presence of God. We are not in the cinema. We are not somewhere else. We are in the presence of God. Father, I want to thank you for this wonderful moment. Thank you for the grace that you've given this ministry. I see this ministry as one of the midwives. I see this church as a midwife. The purposes of those midwives, their purpose is to help people produce and push kids, you know, or help people to deliver kids. And I know Joe and Tracy, from where they came from, Lord, they are here. Their passion is to push it. That the kid, which is revival, this nation that birthed so many nations, politically, economically, but also spiritually. We cannot deny that this tiny nation, tiny island, begat so many nations combined all over the country. Almost the biggest percentage of the globe was impacted by the gospel, especially by the Bible that came out of this place. So I pray for Joe and Stacy that, Lord, you give them strength. They have been discouraged many times. At times they have been called names, but they have stood the test. And, Lord, I join with them because I'm part of the midwives from Uganda. Twenty years ago when I came here, I just came here not to stay here, not to have status here. I don't like the status here. I just came to just visit and go, help the leaders here to push it. Because the owners of the land don't know that there's something so precious in this country. So precious in this country that I don't know many people come from other countries to stay and live. But these countries not only have economical, social, social developments, but there's a spiritual heritage in the streets underneath this country. As it was in the days of, 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 of Abraham, that when Abraham was still alive, he dug wells. He dug wells that during the desert times, his animals would feed without any hassle. But when he died, the Philistines poured, filled the, all, the, all the wells with earth, with soil. 
But when his eyes, when his son rose up, Isaac identified the spots or spots where these wells were. And he started getting people. The servants of Abraham, they worked tirelessly to dig those wells once again. Father, that's what I want to see. I don't want to be here and just enjoy the good life, the good roads. Good roads are everywhere, Lord. Good morals. They are also in Uganda now. It is no longer a global village. Of course, we have a difference between the poor and the rich. But of course, the, 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 another touch of life we have already here in Uganda. But Lord, what I want to see, I want to see Jesus lifted high once again. I want to see the days when John Wesley, Evan Roberts, when in the world, when football fields or football pitches could not work. At times when even police could not report any case. A time when there were more, more, more pubs in this country than, no, sorry, there were more churches in every corner of this country than pubs, Lord. No wonder when the church lost its power, when the church lost its essence, then people had to resort to the pubs because the pub gives you something because somebody goes there sober and they come out a little bit drizzled, you know, like, they come and they say, hey, when I go to the pub, I get something and they feel so good for us. A few hours. Lord, we pray that more churches will replace more pubs in the name of the Lord. If you believe with me, say amen. amen. This prayer is prophetic. I declare that for that there will be more, more, more churches. I'm not talking about these conventional, organized structures. Ritager, bishop, archbishop. No. I'm not talking about a church of robes, a church where we have to follow instructions and church order. No. I am praying for the church where the spirit of the Lord will have access without the elders and the trustees interfering. Lord, what I've seen in this church, trustees govern the church. And the elders determine the power of the pastor. <laughs> but Father, I pray that the pastors in this land will stop to be intimidated and come up and be free to speak the word of God as it is. I have not come this morning to preach another sermon because I've have so many that I've I've shared so many in different places. But I am, I've come here to join with Joe, to join with uh, Stacy, to, to, to join with Paul of Lighthouse, to join with Andy and Anton of Ivy and so many other pastors to say, hey, we can make it. We can make more impact than football. Come on, there was one time when the gospel was more popular than football. I read your history. The, the bad thing that so many of you are born 50, maybe 30 or 20 years, you don't know your history. And today, the system is trying to make you to forget your history. The New World Order is trying so much to kind of bury the identity of this country. So much is happening to be offered to us to forget the history. But the history of this nation, king who interpreted the Bible, the Bible was in Greek, was in Hebrew. Nobody could study Hebrew. It was stuck there in the Middle East. And one of the kings, one of the kings, you're a British king, used his powers, this time not to give people whatever they want. This time, your king, by virtue of the authority of the kings of those days when the monarchy was still political and monarchy. He ordered that the Bible should be written in English. It was a struggle. 
for the Bible to be written in many languages because the certain religion wanted to keep it in Latin. So the Bible has always been the source of life to every civilization. But you know what? Even your king, I remember 150 years ago, when Africa was still primitive, when our kings were also primitive, missionaries came from here in your country. I know these guys didn't have trains, they didn't have aeroplane, but I wonder the power and the passion of the missionaries in this country. Can I say that again? Apart from colonizing those places where they colonized, but behind them they had the, all of us, of course, when I say this, from university, you've studied all sorts of things, what the United Kingdom did. Forget that. Forget that. But now let's talk to the issue. So these missionaries came, when they came, our king asked them, oh, we hear what is happening in the United Kingdom. We hear you have electricity. We hear your life is good. Your social life is good. And the missionaries just say this, that the reason why our economy is strong, our social status is strong, where there's liberty for the women, because by then in Africa, women were nothing, children were nothing. There was a lot of rituals that could not respect human life. But you know what happened? My king, I'm, I'm from Uganda, and Uganda has over 33 uh, tribes. And I'm in the center, we are the biggest tribe in Uganda, I'm in Uganda. And you know what? When the missionaries came, the king said, I don't want anything. I want that book. That book that make United Kingdom great, because United Kingdom is not great because of its size. In fact, United Kingdom is the size of Uganda. But the impact of your ancestors, who burst the social status you are proud of now, because the things we enjoy now, they are not meant by these guys in the number 10. People from the number 10, they want to destroy everything. But the guys who were there from the beginning, do you know that even in your parliament, if you go there and search history, all the old laws were, were enacted and constitutions were made out of the Bible? Human rights groups did not come from Middle East, they came from here, from the Bible. Compassion International, all those, you know, groups that helped the poor, they came from the Bible. Do you know that even politics came from the Bible? Do you know that even legal, this judicial and judges came from the Bible? Do you know that even education in Massachusetts, that's where it started, came from the Bible? Let me say this. If your ancestors woke up today, if a miracle happens and your ancestors woke up today, they will not rejoice with you. I don't care whether you don't call me anymore. For me, I speak it as it is. Because I'm not here to beg, I'm here, I'm here as an ambassador of God. And my view is the Bible. Because they are there, they are there in your cathedrals, they are sleeping. They can't have access to come back, but oh my God. If they came back today, if they rose up again, my brothers and sisters, some of the elder sisters and brothers we see here, they know what happened before, and they see what is happening. Fashion is not fashionable until you go back to the source where the fashion came from. This country is rich, not because of money. Money is everywhere now. Not because of roads. Not because of anything. No, it's rich. On the surface, it's poor. People feel bad when they come to church. Even Christians, they don't want even to stretch their legs, jump, 
like this? Why? Because everybody is, is looking at them. There's a lot of insecurity. If you do that in church, you are crazy. You are radical. They have called us all sorts of names. Okay, God bless you. Call us all sorts of names. But if somebody can be proud of Manchester United, Chelsea, whatever, I don't want to get in problems anyway. If somebody can be rejoice of anything, why can't I rejoice because of Jesus? Jesus died and rose from the dead. He's not dead. Muhammad is there. Hair Krishna is there. All your kings are there. Every Socrates is there. Come on, name. Those, even this man, this man who created the, 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 the doing this, that, we know we come from monkeys or animals. He's also dead. Even the popes are dead. Come on, mention some of your great, great, great fathers. They are all dead. Even Muhammad, you know, I was a Muslim. Nabi Muhammad is also dead. He's dead. But there's one person who died. He died. He died. And when he died, he did not, he did not go in coma. The Roman officers were very smart. They made sure that somebody dies. Because when they were still hanging on, the, on that post, whatever, they had it to do to check them whether they are dead. They had to pierce them. They pierced him and out of, out of his, that stream of water, the one stream came blood and water. And they took him, the king of kings, the lord of lords. He accepted to die. And he died. And they buried him. And the Romans and the, you know, the religious people. It is the religious people who killed Jesus. Even today, religion is killing Christianity. I can give you facts because this is on the seminar. If you make a seminar, I can give you facts. It's the church itself that's killing church. Laws, rigidism. We don't do this. We don't dance like this. We are here. This is our church. We built it. We need to break that status quo. We must be free. And on the third day, the Bible says, on the first day, everybody cried, including his disciples. In fact, his disciples ran away. If I were there, I would have also run away. Yeah. Because now they were fearing the wrath of the Roman Empire. Because the same man, the same government, and the same religious sect that killed them was there. Now they were waiting for now the disciples. They did hid themselves. And others, Bible says, and others, and others went fishing again. Yeah, if I were there, I would do the same. Because there's no hope beyond death. I'm a pastor. I've buried so many people. Ask to ask, so whatever, and you book, and they bring a very big stone. And you see people doing like this. Oh my goodness, he's gone. And they mourn for thirty years or thirty days. I don't care. But they put a big stone, not the stones that we have today, a big stone, because in Egypt, you know, in Israel they put, you know, because it's a rocky country. They dig their graves in the stone, in the, in the what? In the, in the rocks. But the Bible says one day, come on, count me. One day, uh -huh. second day, third day, come on. And the ladies came 
not to see the risen Jesus. Hello? They came to embalm the body. You know embalming? To make the body live longer. Like some of, those, of the bodies that people have, like in Egypt, this to embalm the bodies. There are so many pharaohs there who are still there, but dry. So women came not to see Jesus. They came to embalm a special man. But the Bible says they found all like this. They found, they found the place empty. Come on, maybe I can preach these ones. Do I rejoice? Come on. They found, and in fact, this is, this is the basis of Christianity. Christianity is not about speaking eloquently. See, Christianity is not having a big church. Christianity is not when Jesus is born. Christianity is when Jesus Christ dies on the cross. Christianity is when Jesus dies and rises from the dead. Oh my God. I speak with all my energy because Jesus shook the grave. Ah, he did not only shook the grave, Bible says, he even preached the gospel to those who are under there. Because everybody that died before the coming of Jesus could not go to heaven, including Samuel and all the prophets. All their spirits could stay in the grave. But the Bible says he went by the spirit because there's no way you could go to, to, to the grave by the body. So the body stayed there waiting. And he went in the spirit. There is a spiritual world you don't see. For you guys see trees and see buildings. There is a reality of the spiritual world. And the Bible says, and when he had risen up, they all came up. Come on, say with me. They do what? They all came up. And when they were still saying, hey, where is he? He says, I am here. Go tell. Come on. Go tell. That's why the gospel means go spell. Go tell. Come on, say with me. Come on, tell somebody. Go tell. Come on, come on, come on. Now, even if you are reserved, or you are a monarchism, or you are so from the royal family, come on today, you are in church. And I'm in command in church. Come on. Say, and he said what? Go them that I am risen. Can we say together? One, two, three, go. Go. I will never die. The reason why Jesus is gathered up today, how many billions are gathered today, others gathered yesterday, they all gather, not because of a cathedral, they gather because somebody overcame what people fear. All of us people fear death. Death is bad. If death is somewhere, maybe I will get, I will get it and burn it. Death can... The other day, two years ago, death climbed in the windows. Death went everywhere two years ago. You know, none of you could hug somebody because of fear of death. None of you even visited your uncles or your, your, your grandies because of death. None of us boarded planes. I was at home for six months. I'm a preacher. My job is to tell people everywhere in Uganda. I could not walk out. If I went out, I'll be arrested. Because there was death in the streets. There was death in the plains. I remember when it was happening, something, I was here in UK, I was still on mission. And they told me, hey, my wife called me, hey, my hubby, come on, board the plane quickly. I was supposed to be a month, and I boarded the plane, and I reached Brussels. It was empty. I reached, we went over 14 people in the plane. 
everything became ugly. The beautiful were inside. Even today, your number 10 is blamed because he went out to party when everybody was mourning. You British people, <laughs> God bless you, have mercy upon you. Somebody's partying in his house and he's blamed. Anyway, let's go ahead now. You know, nobody did anything. Nobody, even young girls could not go to their clubs. <laughs> nobody gone. Even pastors. Big churches, I would go out just preach on TV. You could see bigger churches. We have bigger churches. Bigger churches of 10,000. There's one I went empty. I could just speak on the radio and TV. But the stage and everybody's empty. But it's somebody who overcame the grave. Come on, somebody who overcame. In fact, in fact, that's the pride of the young men and women. Never be, never be ashamed of the gospel in the university. Never be ashamed of the gospel because you are in before your boss. Let the laws pass. We shall reject them. Let everybody come. Because, you know, the reason why the apostles did not fear kingdoms. For us, we fear laws. For them, they were fear. It was the empire. With people who don't have democracy. Kings, the laws of the Medes and the Persians, the laws of the Roman Empire, the laws of the land that were there here in these countries before they were civilized, they would kill. Many of our ancestors were burned into frames, but you know what? What? You know. What kept these people preaching even when they were eaten by animals? Have you ever taken time to think? What kept these people going even when they were burnt in flames? For you, you are ashamed to talk about Christ in an environment where you're allowed to preach. What is driving the Chinese? Do you know that I was doing research the other day that China has the biggest number of Christians? 300 million Christians. And these Christians are undercover. 300, not these Christians who are casual. Today they come, if you don't preach well, they go. If you, you have to preach what they want. You have to lower down the deck to accommodate them, the, the gospel of accommodation. Come on. In China, in China, in China, every day is a death sentence. Here in Europe, we have the freedom of our, of our governments. We are just joking and it is coming back. The new world order is coming. And they are going to set laws that if you talk about this, you'll be imprisoned. It is coming back. But the Lord is now organizing us and preparing us to stand. But if you are not, come on, if you have not tested the power of resurrection, you won't be able to face the fire of opposition. My question is, why, did it, why is it so that these people kept going? Your time is running like crazy, you guys. Why is it that, they are, you know, <laughs> they kept going. Everybody said they kept going. And the Bible says, from the days of John the Baptist, that's Matthew chapter 1, verse 12. It says, from the days of the times of John the Baptist up to now, the kingdom of God suffers violence. But we, the violent, take it by force. That's why this morning we have to have a violent, a violent worship. Because there is a huge... Slow down, John. There is a huge storm which is against God coming to our parliaments. There's a huge storm of, of persecution, even here. In fact, here in, Europe, in, fact, in, in Uganda, we have more freedom now. We can speak what we want. But here, you can't speak what you want. Radios are censored. In a so-called Christian nation, you cannot do. They can allow 
other religions to put their idols in the restaurants, but you cannot hang a picture of Jesus in a so-called nation where even your leader, Mama, the queen, is the, is the, is the, is the head of the church. You cannot. They surrender. She cannot exceed the political forces of the land. Hey, I came to bring a revolution here. Why? Because Christianity is not just warming the chair. Oh, I'm a, I'm a member of Ramp Church. No, no way. Salvation is, is fire. Come on, look at me, Paramount. Salvation is battle. Everybody say battle. For the young people, I got saved at the age of 17. And you know what 17 means? Huh? 17 psychologically is mad years. Everything is rising up to test what your beards are coming. Every, oh, come, on, you know, come on, come on, come on, John, stop it. It's coming at the age when everybody was partying. I used to like, I used to go to clubs. That's the time Jesus came to me. And this, how did Jesus come to me? Jesus came to me through a young man who told me to go to church, and I was a Muslim. Being a Muslim, I said, no, I can't go to church, you know, blah, blah. Jesus is not the son of God. We believe him as a prophet, but he's not the son of God. But I was born, you know, when I was born, I was born with a hole on my heart. Doctors diagnosed me with a hole at the age of seven. So I grew up knowing at the age of 17, John Bunjo is going to die. But you know what happened? At the age where everybody knew that Bunjo is dying, a friend of mine, not a preacher, my agent, came and said, hey, there is power in church. The resurrection Jesus can heal you. It took me months not to say, yes, of course, people were still out there. Don't blame them. They are in darkness. But anyway, he pulled me to church in 1982. Many of you were not born. And he, when I reached church, the pastor prayed a prayer. I fell down. I woke up. After three hours, leave alone these people who push people, push people to, to know that they, uh -uh. the reality of the supernatural is evident in me. I woke up after three hours. By the time I fell, there was church. But when I rose up, woke up, there was no church. Because time had left, everybody had gone home. And the pastor held my hands and said, John, God has saved you to send you. And he said, you are not going to do any other job. The Lord wants you to serve him. And at the age of 21, 21, I started a church. We have over 150 churches. I'm young but very old in the Lord anyway. I've been here 40 years in the Lord, started seven years in the ministry. But I got saved at a time when, you know, you guys, you know, when everything, you know, your parents tell you, don't do this. Oh, no, it's my right. I can do what I want. I can. Yeah, that energy. That's why I want to speak to young men, particularly the group for young men, because I went through it. In the time when everybody was asking for something, the resurrection power of Jesus did not confront me. My parents never confronted me, but the presence of God took over me. From that time, my life has never been the same because of the power of resurrection. Your time here can only allow me to give your testimony because there's so much the Lord has done in my life that your life cannot even withstand. God is great. Come on, tell somebody, God is great. Come on, tell them, the resurrection power of Jesus is not saving us, not to sit down, not only to pay our tithes. No, 
Apart from paying our tithe and offering, there is something God has put in you. So briefly, who is Jesus? Jesus is the light of the world. Come on, say with me, Jesus is? What is the purpose of light? Number one, come on, come on. What is the purpose of light? Come on. Let's preach together. What is the purpose of light? Light? To see. Uh-huh. What else? Come on. Light? Benefits of lights? Heat? Uh-huh. Another thing? To the bones to grow. So when Jesus enters, he says, I am the light of the world. When Jesus enters your heart, darkness disappears. This morning, there are people who have been living in a time of no man's land. You feel like you are dull inside. You feel like you're a Christian, but you cannot rejoice. That means that some darkness is trying to encroach on you, but there's light inside of you. Come on. Everybody who received Jesus has that light from inside. Come on. Everybody say, I have that light inside of me. And this morning, I oh, afternoon, I want to pray for someone. Come on. I want to pray for someone who you feel you are no sin. You have not made any sin. You have not made any mistake, but somehow you don't feel it. Is your breath in your in our lungs? Mm -mm -mm -mm, and you don't feel like it. That means that inside of you, there's something brokering, which is resisting or hindering the light. You know, when these forests who are the forests that are thick, they cannot they cannot produce love there. Everything under the trees on those forests, nothing can grow because light cannot get there. True, I feel in the spirit. I'm going to pray for some people. You feel, you want to rejoice in Christianity. The same joy footballer fans have. It's the same, it's the same joy. I want to pray this morning. Hallelujah. That the light of Jesus. He says, I am the light. If somebody enters in me, we'll never see darkness. This morning, I want to pray, not by faith, but in reality. I want to we'll be calling some groups here. If you like, hey, John Bunjo, I don't want to pretend. Christianity is not keeping laws. Mm -mm. Christianity is not observing things. Don't do it. And no. Christianity is life. When the sun comes up, everybody's happy. Especially you guys here who don't see sun. I see everybody's outside, everybody, the bars are full because, oh, everything, the sun is come. In Africa, we enjoy 24-7. <laughs> so now, what I'm saying, that the light has come. If the sun is come, come on, come out of your hiding and expose yourself to light. <laughs> it says, when I'm in the world, I'm the light of the world. And it works so better here in your country. Winter keeps people with a lot of moody experiences. I don't want to be here in the winter. I, I, but of course, what you do if you are here? God bless you. Blessed God. But when the summer comes, I was in Manchester, Piccadilly the other day. Young girls were, everybody is walking, everybody is rejoicing. The sun is there because the sun is coming. They can't keep in the house. I was in these malls and even these people in the wheelchair with special needs, they are there. They are rejoicing also because the sun has come. Why don't we rejoice in the son of Jesus, Father? Mom? Come on, why don't you rejoice in the Lord? Why don't you, why do you keep yourself so miserable? Remember, the time of, of misery has ended. <laughs> come on, you're not going to get this job. Your job has proven to be nothing. 
you acquired a degree. You said, when I get this degree, oh man, I am an Indian. I'm doing a PhD. You remember? There are 360 degrees in the circle. Right? For those who are educated, you only go to school to have one degree. Even if you have a PhD, you only have it in that kind of, you know, subject you took. And you come on, you pray, you know, I'm an engineer, I'm a doctor. <laughs> Don't brag around. I look at them and come on. There are 359 degrees you need to achieve. <laughs> one of it is BA, born again. What are you talking about? The second one, PhD, putting heaven down. What I, I can give you more. Praise the Lord. You know, you know, Joel, thank you for inviting me. I want church to be lively. Not a church. Yes. Dear Lord, as you see your servant. Uh -uh. When Jesus came to the temple, everybody was rejoicing. Even women rejoiced. Everybody was rejoicing because Jesus, hallelujah. When the light came, even women, you women, women could not sit here. You are supposed to be in the back. You are supposed to cover yourself. Other regions are still exercising it. They are still in the dark. Hey! When Jesus rose us from the Bible says, what happened? When he said, it is finished, what happened? A veil. Everybody say, a veil. Come on, say with me, a veil was taken. Now, women can be pastors. Women can be everything. Women can preach the gospel. Women can... Women... <laughs> women can preach the gospel. Women can be leverans and bishops. Why? Because the middle wall... You no longer need a covering. For Jesus is your cover. So many cultures are still holding us into that. So many regions are holding our people. But the veil was taken away. There's a song about the veil. I don't know if you know that song. The song about he took the veil away. We want to see, he took the veil away. Young men, when you're moving around, if you are. Even if you are virgin, what are you talking about? Just be, be proud of your virginity. What, is, that, is that happening here? President of the Lord. Be proud of who you are. Some boys bully you. They bully you because they do not know. Greater is he that is he. My sister, my son. There is something better, my son. What's your name? No? Thomas, you are a great man of God. Thomas, I see value in you. While other boys don't see value in you, God sees value in you. I see a man of wisdom, a man of intelligence. That's what I see. Thomas, Thomas, 15 years from now, let the people take a picture. Something's going to happen in your life. Your family has been praying for you. You're a mighty man of God. Don't don't look yourself in the mirror. Do not listen to those, those guys. You are not those guys. You are covered by Jesus. Come on, everybody. I'm covered by Jesus. Come on. Say, I am covered by Jesus Christ. Say it loud. I'm covered by Jesus. My brother, I'm looking forward for the time. Come on. When the church will be more amusing than the football. Oh. When the preachers preach, yeah. That's not madness. Okay, if it is madness, it's madness in the Lord. Because why? He rose. Come on, say seven times. He rose. Number two. Number three. Number four. 
Number five. Number six. Number seven. Number eight. There's a new beginning. What's your name? Let's stand up, Alex. You have talents. Yes, you have talents, but you say, oh, no, I can Please bring those talents out. Don't mind about your past. Hey, let me hug you. Your past is better than today. to Peros July, so if Stasi and Joe get me time for that young man, I feel like I want to talk to him. Absolutely. Yeah. Time is going. Anyway, <laughs> praise the name of the Lord. Praise the name of the Lord. My brother, come on. My brother. What's the name, sir? Huh? I see that the loss you got many few years ago, the things you went through, few years ago, it's for a purpose. You're a man of purpose. Yeah. You know, sometimes we complain, oh, why is God, why is this, this? But God, you, there's no, there's no, come on, let me hear this very well, there's no approval without a test. Background may not be good, but there's a better future for you. Amen. I come from a family that is really bad. 54 children, seven wives, my father died. That's polygamy. I never knew that I would be somebody. I never knew that I would ever be a good father. Neither did I ever knew, no, that I would be a good husband. But you know what? I'm no longer a father to my family. If you go to Uganda and ask for John Bunjo, from border to border, they will call, then they call me daddy. But I don't deserve to be a daddy because of my background. God says, bury your back in the ground. There's so much better. There, you're a man of who, you're an entrepreneur. The things want to, you know, you, that, that passion of, may, of business, whatever it is, God is going to approve it. Your name again. Amen. You are beloved. Mark, seven years, write it down. Seven years from now, you remember there's a black man came from Uganda, but it was Jesus talking to me. Come on, shout hallelujah. Shout hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, somebody. Just raise your voices and say, I am risen from the dead. Because Jesus rose from the dead. It is uh, time, but we need to squeeze it and give it something. This is last. Say, it's the light of the world. Today and this week, I want you, when you go back to, the, to your place of work, they will say, what happened to your face? Because of this. And not because you read a lot of scriptures. It's because light shone again. This is the summer, and the summer of Jesus never ends. My sister, putting on red. Yeah. Woo. I am, I'm your deliverer. I hear the word, I am your. You know, this morning God was saying, go tell people the topic is I am. I am. Then I, I, it, I am your deliverer. I am your healer. I am your restorer. You, are to, you know what I'm talking about. He will restore the fortunes that the kankuam, the caterpillar ate. You understand my accent? He will. They will serve me, your children. Whatever has happened, the Lord is going to do great things. You have a, you're a woman that's full of, full of generosity. You're a generous woman. But your generosity has been abused sometimes. But remember, I love you. What's your name? 
Hey, Ellen, you are aligned in the presence of God. Yes, I know siblings have abused you, many people, but now say, God has given you that gift. He has given that gift to me also. I've been abused by people. You know, I help them. You help the nation. People return with their very abusive things. But the Lord says, it's not only, you're going to help a lot of people. The young ladies, there's that heart for you for the young upcoming ladies. Go on. This is your church? Is this your church? Oh, you're just visiting. Oh. First time, maybe. Okay. But anyway, <laughs> maybe, maybe you're going to be here because I feel like you need these pastors to talk to you because there's something that God is going to do in your life. Guys, allow me to wind it out because of what, because of the time here. Oh, I had a message for you guys. I sent to you five days. The Lord was telling, tell them the word that I talked, I spoke to David, that now the time is coming in the next three years that they will no longer move a house for my house. Hmm? They will no longer move the tents again. And I hear this word, you have passed the test. You're not going to even to fundraise. Huh? Money is coming, not even for mortgage, for a building in the name of the Lord. I see you have a vision for schools. More like a message a bit. Uh, you have a message, message the message of outreach, even for women. You have a message for people of different nations. You have you, mm, I mean, it's a large room. It's a large room. I have that says the Lord. I've been disappointed by the men I gave this city. I have given this city. Come on, don't close your eyes. I have given you this city, says the Lord. Come on, say amen. Ah, I have given this city in the next three years a building big with multiple places of worship is coming because your time has come and your time is now. Praise the Lord. <laughs> Lastly, who is Jesus? He is the shepherd. Everybody said, The Lord is my shepherd. Uh huh. Can you, if you know, if you know how to recite that, come on, go with me. One, two, three, go. The Lord is my I shall not. Uh huh. Besides green pastures, uh-huh, green water, uh-huh, even though I walk through of the shadow of this, as you go out today, if you don't cram it, just move out and say, the Lord is my shepherd. You can even rub it, the Lord is my shepherd. I cannot want, he leads me beside the green pasture. he said, just go out, come on, shut up and say, hey! I want to pray for people because now the light has shone and the Lord is leading you. I feel that the Lord is going to lead you. The Lord is going to lead you. What is that voice leading you? Come on, young men, young people, do not follow that voice. In John 10, it says, a stranger they will not hear, but they will hear a shepherd. A voice. There are so many voices trying to define your identity. You look like the hippopotamus. That guy came and tried to define the identity of the birth and the creation of man. Darwin, the guy succeeded and he said, we came from monkeys. Then I asked, why are monkeys no longer producing people? <laughs> then if we came from monkeys, who made the monkeys? Okay, if he also has faith in monkeys, where does he get that faith? So now, we don't come from monkeys. We are fearfully and wonderfully made by God. Look yourself in the mirror. Every time I look, I, long, I have long mirrors in my house. Everywhere, bathroom, in bedroom, everywhere. I look, I said, John Bunjo, fearfully made by God. Hallelujah. 
Hallelujah. That's why for me, even if you don't introduce me, John Bunje, my man of God, I know who I am. Hallelujah. And I know who I know who I am. <laughs> Just stand up and say, I know who I am. Come on, come on, come on, come on. Even those who are conservative, rise, rise up and say, I know who I am. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. This week I know, greater is he that is in me than the devil who is in the world. He is my light. He is my shepherd. He's my bread. Every day as I take bread for my body, I take Jesus. I break Jesus. I pray that even today, come on, come on, make a movement. I am moving out of my comfort zone. Come on. Everybody, apostle is saying, come on, do it. Hallelujah. Do it, do it. Come on. Move out and say, I am moving out of my comfort zone. I am not ashamed of doing what Jesus tells me to do. Come on, don't, don't just look around. I'm a, I'm a man of God and I'm just, uh, whatever I say will come and have an impact. <laughs> just move out and say, yes, I'm, 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 more, I'm more than a conqueror. Jesus is my life. Jesus is my everything. Hallelujah. So generally, I want to pray for people if you feel like, hey, John, I, you know, let me say this also. Sin can come to you even when you get born again, sin comes. Yeah. There's no scripture that says you will not sin. That's why he says, when you sin, remember. The sin of Adam was forgiven on the cross. But the consequences of sin that are in our souls are still there. The pornographers you used to see, the culture where you grew up from, that changes with time as you apply the word of God. So don't be discouraged. You know, I had a bad dream about this. Come on, when you get that bad dream, come on, say, light of God, come. Oh, my shepherd, come and lead me. Young men, you're going through a lot of challenges, you know, peer pressure, boyfriend, girlfriend. Oh, I, I have not seen my boyfriend. My mom's in the car. Please, don't cry like that. If he's gone away, there's Jesus who's going to comfort you. Because there's somebody better than a boyfriend. He's a good boyfriend who does not abuse. Yeah, he doesn't ask anything from you except himself to give you something. Can you raise your hands and say, yes, Jesus. My life is for you. I follow you, Jesus. I follow you, Jesus. You are my light. You are my shepherd. You are my bread. You are the stream of living water in my life. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Now, is there anybody here, maybe you are coming for the first time, maybe you are visiting and you feel, oh, I want to join that man who rose from the dead. I want that man to be part of me. I've been coming to church. One day I went to church in, in Sudan and I was preaching very much and like this and I called people to get saved and one of, the, one of the elders came and the pastor said, no, don't go up, you are born again. And the woman said, oh, oh, I'm not born again. I just liked the church. I've been here and the pastor was surprised. There are people who, who are in position who are not born again. There are people in the worship team who are not born again. And born again is the only thing that can really connect you to heaven. Not religion, not how much you pray, not how many money you give to the church. That is good, and we, I also am a giver so much. Have a lot of testimony about giving, but the most important thing is to give your life to Jesus. And if you cannot be ashamed of doing something that everybody doesn't feel like is human, why do you get ashamed because of Christ? So before I put my microphone back where it is, I want to ask somebody here, if you want to say, hey, today, I want to walk majestically and uh, courageously come to the front, or maybe raise your hand where you are, somebody will help you, and say, I want to recommit my life, Jesus. 
Yeah, this is not about judgment. Oh, he's raising their hand because they have committed this. Uh-uh. It's about recharging your life. And for those, for the first time, you're saying, hey, I like the music. I like everything. But today, I want the man who's behind the music. That is Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God. He died and rose from the dead. Is anybody here want to receive Jesus? You want to become a Christian? And you're there? Can I see your hand, please? Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Thank you, my wife, sister. Anybody else? Anybody else? I know your heart is pumping. But that's not judgment. That's life. I cannot express what I'm feeling now. And I don't need to feel it. The presence of God came here after when we were worshiping. And uh, everybody...